welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 36, Paranormal Activity, Alien Landing Pads, and the Spiritual Vagina with Marcus Spellbound. We're really excited to have Marcus join the conversation today because he's going to enlighten all of you with some very interesting stories that relate around ghosts and negative spirits, uh, UFO sightings, and building landing pads for aliens, and the spiritual vagina. Yeah, we're going to let you just simmer on that one and wait till it comes up later in the show. Uh, But the show today is really special because Marcus is going to be speaking out loud about his experiences for only the second time. And he's had to drop a lot of courage to come forward. So let's welcome Marcus to the show with open arms and a very supportive community to allow him the space to speak his truth without judgment and know that we are all here as one community to help one another and support one another in our spiritual journeys. It's definitely an interesting episode with some interesting stories, so let's jump right in and hear what Marcus had to share with us. Hi everyone, welcome back to Enlighten Up. I am here with my fabulous co-hosts Lisa, Michael, and Brian, and today we're joined by Marcus Spellbound. Marcus reached out to me uh, about a month ago with some very interesting life stories, and after hearing all about them, actually I'd only heard a few, I knew I had to have him on the show. So, Marcus, welcome to Enlighten Up. It's so nice to have you here with us. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you welcome. yeah, you have some incredible life stories, and I'm just so excited that you're here on the show to share them with everyone. And I know that that's a bit of a big deal for you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a teacher and like I don't do this for a living, but I guess I'm an experiencer. And I'm always just kind of looking for truth, like wherever it leads me. So you have an open mind. Yeah, for anything, really. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, Why don't you kind of give our audience a little taste of what it was like to be Marcus as a kid? Well, growing up, we grew up like very, uh, I guess, new age. And um, since before I can remember and... We were really into like channeling and crystals and we believed in everything and we were raised to kind of believe in everything. So it's kind of different in that way of being brought up that like that. Can you share while you're open minded? Mm -hmm. Can you share with the audience um, just like who your parents are? Well, my mom is a medium. And uh, so she's always had this uh, connection. Um, to the dead and to other things and so yeah we we got brought up um, very very differently but um, yeah I was just gonna say also um, I've listened to every episode of the podcast now and um, it's funny because uh, I took melatonin for the first time to help me sleep and it hit me hard and I didn't feel good the next day and uh, I threw on an episode, and Michael mentioned like how bad it was, and I haven't even take, taken it since. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, so I guess the first time I spoke publicly, I was on your previous guest Alexis Buck's channel, Ascension Diaries, 
And uh, yeah, I was just, I was kind of scared to do it because I've never spoke publicly before. And uh, so I reached out to Nicole and she helped show me like a lot of kindness and like without any prejudgment. And um, yeah, between like Alexis and Nicole, they kind of helped guide me back on my spiritual path and have become like family to me. So I'm kind of, I'm happy to be on here and I'm happy to kind of share uh, my experiences with uh, the audience. What? We're glad you are. So can I just ask, so before being on Alexa's show and listening to this podcast, that was something that you didn't share with people? Yeah, even my best friends, like I couldn't really talk to them about any of this. Um, they're very kind of like science-based. And so, hey, I'm kind of science-based. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it's I kind of find it hard to open up to people about this. But, um, you know, it's kind of nice to talk to people that, you know, have the same kind of mindset because then I feel like I'm <laughs> able to kind of talk about it. And it feels good to kind of like get it off my chest and not like hold all this back. I think you'd be surprised that people you think are quote-unquote science-based or closed-minded are probably more open-minded than you would expect. I, I, I think a lot of our circle of friends, when we talk about some of our experiences, especially some of Lisa's experiences, and I think in my, my mind, I expect them to react with laughter or judgment and they don't. not at all, not a single one of them. That's not true, though, because when Lisa and Nicole first told me, I got pissed at them. And <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I think he's that just was almost it for us. Like a certain circle of friends we have right now, but not to say that it wouldn't happen, but just you'd be surprised people that I you thought they think... lost their shit. I was like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure if I can be a little alcohol to like just soften the the things that they were saying but but then yeah. you know, it wears down a little bit and, and we're that still was a friends. rough night <laughs> <laughs> uh, like i guess like i've tried to talk a little bit about this stuff before and it was really hard because i'm very much like into like conspiracy theories and all that and they kind of like shut me down with everything but i kind of i kind of convinced one of my friends kind of more recently on some stuff so i think he's slowly kind of turning around so um but actually they all heard my uh, webinar before so they were all really happy about that that's great. that i kind of yeah spoke about that and um yeah so back to kind of growing up and uh so yeah so my mom died when she was like 16 and came back she was like struck by a car when she was walking and uh yeah she went to the hospital and they clinically announced her like dead for like very quick time and came back so she's always kind of been like open to things and seeing things and had this really strong connection when she died what did she experience before coming back well she said that um she was taken to some like garden place and there was like two older men and they kind of like took her down this pathway and people were like watering plants and stuff and then she she uh they explained to her she was gonna like go back that she was gonna have like two kids and they told her kind of like her like a little bit of her future kind of like what she had in store and then she uh was brought back 
And uh, she later in life became like a teacher, but uh, she kind of, it wasn't like a, a job for her to be a medium. It's something that she kind of couldn't help. So it's just kind of a part of her and a part of her life. And then she met your father. Yes. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, they're still in high school at the time. And um, the first time my dad uh, stayed at her house, uh, they were in, they were sleeping in bed. And then all of a sudden, my dad woke up and he was freaking out because at the end of the bed, there was this kind of like a beam of light of a person. And uh, it kind of had like gold flakes floating. It almost didn't seem human, but it was like it had like gold flakes floating and like this weird like beam of light. And uh, so all of a sudden my mom woke up and then she started yelling at the thing and telling telling it to like leave like right now. And then she told my dad, oh, it's okay. It was just uh, her dead dad and and uh, he would leave her them alone. And my dad got really freaked out. So he like he ran out and like, I don't know, he never came back to that house. Actually. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing they still got married or were they already married at that point? <laughs> uh, no, no. This was like back in high school days. Okay. So yeah. your dad was obviously not into exploring that side but that doesn't mean he wasn't experiencing a lot of the same stuff either does it no um actually he's had a lot of experiences in his life too kind of like growing up things that kind of couldn't be like explained so he's always believed in something he didn't really have like a path or know like you know what what is real what's not like for like finding out like the truth of things and all that but uh, no, he's been very open-minded, and at the time, yeah, he was he was willing to like listen and like learn about that kind of stuff. So there was uh, another time when uh, my my mom, uh, my dad, and one of her one of her friends who was a school teacher and her husband, they were all sitting in a hot tub, and this like fiery ball. I guess well, first my mom said like, look up in the sky, they're about to show you something. And then all of a sudden, this, like, fiery ball that kept, like, changing colors, like, appeared and all of a sudden went to, like, the middle view and uh, right in front of them. And then it kind of, like, went in reverse and then went back. And I don't know, like, what that was, like, if it's an alien UFO or what that was, but it was just, like, a fiery ball that kept, like, changing colors. How big was it? Did they say? I think it was, like, super big, the way they, uh, they explained it. Um, yeah, I don't know what to compare it to, but I just know it was pretty big. And so as kids, you kind of grew up around this stuff. And so it became very normal, like to experience these things. Um, but it sounds like you kind of opened the door to something negative very young and you didn't realize it. We were, you know, we got brought up like into kind of like a new age group where it was my, um, like, cousins were involved, like, some of my mom's friends and their kids. And so we're all kind of, like, brought up into this. And, uh, uh, well, my opinion is that I feel like we opened up portals. And, uh, like, from my viewpoint, like, you don't have control of what comes through it, like, good or bad. And uh, so, I don't know, I feel like there was a lot of negativity kind of, like, coming from that. And... Um, all we were taught as kids was like everything was like light and everything was good. 
So like that's we like all aliens were good, like everything. That's all we ever kind of believed. But uh, yeah, I got I had more experiences with like the negative uh, aspect of it. That's an interesting um, thing that I think a lot of people go through uh, who like to tune into more of the positive aspects of this realm and I mean I know I went through it myself it's not that I didn't believe that everything existed I just didn't want to think about it and so I would really question its true existence I since I had not had any experience with it until obviously like a year or two ago <laughs> but um and I now like I think uh, all four of us realize that it exists uh that there are definitely negative entities or energies out there so um, it's one of those things that if you don't really acknowledge that they exist, then you are like a sitting duck to be manipulated by them because you're not bringing them into your conscious awareness. Yeah, that, that's the way I feel too. And, uh, and um, like the house we lived in, we moved to this uh, town and... Uh, it's a pretty small town, but they're very kind of like artsy kind of people. And they all kind of like believe in this kind of stuff anyway. Like they have like crystal shops and like all that kind of stuff. And uh, the house that my parents bought were, was uh, actually, it was the mayor of the town's house. And uh, before she, well, when she sold it to us, she told us like, she's never told anyone this before, but there was like a Sasquatch like right at the shed one time like right in our shed on our property. And so, I don't know, I had this weird eerie feeling like every single member of my families and everyone who's ever been to that house, they get like really kind of creeped out and it has this weird creepy vibe that everyone feels that was there. Yeah, it was just kind of like scary, like almost like every night I was kind of like scared being there. And uh, even like one night we had this like kids group. And um, so we were taken up like it was kind of on the side of a mountain and uh so we got brought up there to build like an alien landing pad and we built it out of rocks and i was just like i was just in grade one and so hold on a second hold on a second yeah where did you guys learn about alien landing pads oh (laughs) i guess like from like we started this new age stuff like before i can remember like before i was in kindergarten so it's all like kind of like new, and so one of the adults um, brought the kids up there, like me, my brother, and like everyone else, all the kids, and uh, just to do something in the mountain on the side of her house. And we built, yeah, we just decided to build an alien landing pad, and uh, it kind of like the rocks led to this pathway that led right to my bedroom window. And I remember like I was Did so scared. Well, were, were there no. any aliens that landed there? No, nothing like that. Like, no, yeah, we didn't uh, experience anything like that. But I was just, I remember as a kid, I was just so scared. Like, I would never want to open my blinds at night because I think I'd see, like, a Sasquatch head or an alien. And so I was, like, terrified. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we we did that anyway. And like I say, like, because everyone kind of believed, like, it was all good. But there was no, like, negative aspect to all that. So, yeah, but no alien, like... Uh, UFO ever landed or anything like that but your dad had a very interesting experience with UFOs in a snowstorm and I don't know if this is a UFO but um, I think I was like 
I was just born, and uh, I guess he was like driving, and it was like a really wicked snowstorm, and um, he just couldn't see on the road. He like he couldn't get home. He was like so scared, like something bad was gonna happen, and um, he just like looked up and asked for like help, and he could he thought he was gonna like crash or something and then um this little ball of light came down from the sky and it like almost like landed like on his windshield and it kind of like directed him the entire way like back home wow and uh like he uh, did him he and his believe brother, in these things well he knew something was there he didn't really have an explanation for it like, he didn't know, like, he couldn't say, like, oh, it's alien or it's this and that. But, yeah, he just, um, he knows something is going on that's not normal and not of this world, basically. But or it is normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah paranormal, but it should be, like, normal. <laughs> yeah, I um, think that's pretty um, unique. I've never heard of that happening before. I mean, Michael, oh. <laughs> What would you do if a little ball of light landed on your windshield through, like, some hurricane-force winds that you were driving through in Florida? Well, but he did ask would, for it. I would probably, I mean, if it was that, just how you described, it could be 140-mile-per-hour winds, but I'd pull over, stop the car, and get out, and tie, maybe tie my belt to the steering wheel, <laughs> it's my hand or something, but get out and take a look at what the heck's going on. But there's but, a big but, difference between driving in a storm and something landing on your windshield and asking for something to come to you and help you, and it shows up. Yeah, I don't know. I'd still be pretty freaked out. I, I, I'd be freaked out by anything paranormal. I, I don't know what I, exactly what I would do. <laughs> like, you know, your dad, but you're, then again, your dad saw that, you know, white gold freckle dude in the bedroom, and he survived that. So maybe this is just another day for him. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, between all of us, like all my family, we we have like experienced so much, and to them, it's always kind of like normal, and it doesn't freak them out as much. But for me, every time, I don't know, it usually freaks me out. But you're you're right, Brian. He did ask for it, and that speaks a lot to something Lisa and I have talked a lot about on the podcast. That if you want the help, you have to ha ask for it, and um, because it puts out the intention. And, it, and, it, and it's also about the whole free will, um, not infringing upon our free will. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so my parents split kind of at an early age, too. They, uh, they split when I was seven. But uh, I kind of continued to, like, kind of be around all that, be around, like, the, all the, like, mysticism and stuff and all that. And I, I, at that age, I, like, bought every book I could on, like, the occult, aliens, like, cryptozoology, everything. It kind of, like, it was really fascinating to me. And I kind of wanted to learn more. So I kind of continued to look into these subjects. Yeah, you know, I'm very interested in your paranormal experiences because I've had a couple experiences with ghosts. Um... And I think I actually saw one last week. Uh, <laughs> but your paranormal experience is pretty, like, straight out of a horror movie. Like, some sort of, like, poltergeist kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. how, like, and, um, what was that like for you? Because how old were you when, when this started? Like, the paranormal activity? 
Well, that kind of stuff started at a really young age, actually. Um, there's like this one time, uh, well, I guess kind of the first thing I ever saw that was kind of, I guess, supernatural was like, was seeing a UFO. And uh, I remember being, we were driving down a highway, me and my mom, my brother, and uh, this UFO it was like really kind of like close to the ground, actually. And it was kind of like unlike one that I've seen before. It was almost like a triangle one, but it wasn't like your conventional triangle one. It was almost like a bunch of like squares kind of like all put together and you could see the window and everything. And I remember people were pulled over on the highway and just like there's we were beside a couple and they just started snapping pictures and we didn't have a camera at the time or anything. And um, I remember my brother just like crying and just really scared and I was scared too. So we just like drove off and, um, and then, so I guess like, yeah. So, and also at that same house, during that time at a young age, I, uh, I had this really scary experience and I was kind of by myself at home. And uh, so I was, we had a dog at the time. So it was just me and my dog. And so I looked, you know, I was just kind of looking at some paper and a desk and stuff. And it's like, it's a time, like, I think computers just came out. So there's like a computer there and I'm just kind of playing on the computer and uh so all of a sudden i sh i had the door shut be right behind me but for some reason it kept opening and at first i thought it was my mind playing tricks on me so i kept like shutting it and then like third or fourth time i i shut it and i just stared at the door and then i saw the knob like turn by itself and then it opened and that actually led to my uh, brother's room and then to my room but I like, but nobody was home and I was like, I was really scared. So I went to the kitchen and I called uh, my aunt, aunt to come pick me up, but she was going to be a little while. And then all of a sudden everything in our kitchen started like rattling and like shaking and my dog's freaking out. I'm freaking out. So I had to run downstairs and uh, right downstairs, we have like the front door and uh, there, it's like a big solid metal door with like a window. And I can see through the other side and all of a sudden the door just started like banging, like boom, boom, boom. And I remember there's like dents in the door from it and there's nothing on the other side. There's nothing on this side. And I was, I was freaked out. And uh, all of a sudden everything started like banging around the house, like top floor, bottom floor, everywhere. And my dog's like crying, like whimpering. And uh, I just, I had to get out. Like, I didn't see anything, but something bad was going on. So I decided to get out of there that's, and wait for my aunt. That's terrifying. Like, I don't, I mean, okay, granted, this is coming from someone who as a kid got scared watching Scooby-Doo. But, like, that to <laughs> me is absolutely terrifying. I don't know if I could ever go back into the house after that. So, yeah, that was, that was really creepy to me. So what did you, what did your mom say about all these things? I mean, she was obviously in contact with with spirits, and these are not nice spirits. It's not your her dad coming to visit like he did. No. With with your with your dad. Well, to be honest, I was very like it was hard for me to talk to my mom about this kind of stuff. 
just because she just thought everything, even negative experiences, she just kind of thought they were good. But to me, like they weren't, and maybe she wasn't experiencing that. Like she never experienced like the negative side of the stuff. But for some reason, it always kind of came to me. So you didn't, you didn't go to her. You didn't talk to the the one person in your life that actually talked to dead people. No, I know. I, I wow. Now that I think about it, I probably should have. But yeah, just it was very hard for me to kind of talk to her about the kind of stuff. Um, but I'm talking to her now kind of more recently in the odd thing. And I kind of open up about a little things and then I see some like similarities and some connections and I can kind of connect some dots to some similar things. And so it's kind of interesting uh, talking to her now about it. But yeah, back then I just, I didn't think I could really talk to her. Did she, does she believe in the negative entities now and about opening portals and things like that? Uh, I think she does like she's yeah she she believes in it but I think I think it was more the like religious aspect of like the new age where it kind of you know you didn't really weren't supposed to believe in that stuff like you weren't supposed to believe in like evil and like this and that but like you look out in the world and all you see is like evil and stuff so I don't know it's kind of it was kind of a like disconnect there I think did did anyone close the portals you 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 had mentioned earlier that you thought some portals were opened and did they get closed are they still open no i don't i don't uh i don't know you know what's so funny is that that house actually turned into a bed and breakfast oh my god and i was, oh and god. I was thinking of like going there one time but i was like no maybe not <laughs> confront <Okay>. your fears <laughs> I, okay i just gotta say like, wouldn't any of you be, like, completely freaked out if you keep closing a door and then you stare at it, you see the handle turn on its own and the door open and there's nothing on the other side? Yes. That'd make me nervous. I would be, like, high-pitched screaming down the hallway, like, sliding on my ass down the stairs and out the door so fast. Like, that would scare me, like, shitless. I'm not that dramatic. I'm totally that dramatic. <laughs> I know how scared you get, Nicole. It's cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, um, yeah, so I, and I, I have a few like other uh, like UFO kind of things that happened to me. And uh, I guess I'm with my mom, my brother, my uh, mom's friend, and one of my aunts. And we drove down to Shasta and or mount shasta and um i've never been there before like this was way before like i knew anything about that place and um i remember we drove up to the very top parking lot like as far as you can go at night and we were the only ones there and uh i remember just seeing these two little lights that we could see just like dancing around they're kind of going in circles and zigzagging back and forth almost like communicating with each other and um my aunt like waved to them and said like hello and all of a sudden they like stopped and i remember like they got like freaked out because they noticed us and they went back into the van and uh i just kind of stood there i wanted to kind of face my fears at that moment and that was the first time i had like a little bit of like strength and i just kind of like crossed my arms and like stared at them trying not to show fear but they just kind of stayed still at that point yeah, so, like, we've seen a lot. Like, there's so many 
examples really of like UFO stuff. I remember uh, even with my dad, we were at uh, one of his friend's houses and you know, we're outside on the balcony at night, like, and he's smoking a cigar. He like, he likes smoking cigars. So we're just kind of sitting out there and these like three lights from like each corner of the sky came and made like a triangle, perfectly shaped like triangle, like right over the house. And they just like shot from each end of the sky and like met up like right over the house. And I remember that time I was like scared and my dad just kind of like smoking his cigar casually were watching it. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to bed. And for me, like I couldn't sleep that night because I thought I was going to like be abducted or something. <laughs> and uh, like, so yeah, I remember just being so scared, but it's like, but I kind of feel like I was being like protected from them for some reason. I don't know why, like, after I kind of figured out, like, maybe they're not going to abduct me. And, uh, yeah, none of my family or anything has ever been abducted for how much we've been around them. We've never, like, had that kind of experience. That you can recall. <laughs> that I can recall, thank God. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I can't why really you, say for sure. Why do you think that some people have more experience and see more UFOs and lights and, and things like that where other people, you know, the majority of people go their entire lives without seeing anything. Well, I personally think like they're all there for like everyone to see. I just don't think people are really kind of like looking up enough to kind of notice things. See, we talked about that on the last uh, with um, James. Yeah. People don't look up. Yeah. And Brian so was like, how do people not look up? What's going on now? You've, you obviously had a very eventful childhood, but is are you experiencing the same things now? Mm, not really. Uh, actually, it's funny. Yeah, my whole, whole life, it's kind of been going on, but not so much in the last like while, like later in my life. And uh, I remember... This is kind of like, I don't know if this is a UFO thing or what you would call this, but uh, there was this one time where it was me, my dad, my brother, my dad's best friend, his wife, and my dad's girlfriend at the time. And we went up way, like I live in British Columbia in Canada, and we went like way up north in the middle of nowhere. And uh, there was this lake. And my dad's friend kind of called us out one night on the balcony to like come look at something and right over the water there was like these seven like very very bright lights but they almost like looked like stars it didn't look like a vehicle but they were just very bright like all kind of lined up in a row like hanging low above like underneath all the other stars and we watched it for a little bit and then all of a sudden they all fell like there were seven of them and they just like dropped all at once and we didn't see them like hit the water or anything we didn't see it it almost just looked like it went past the horizon and um so we were kind of like creeped out and i remember we, we went to bed and we woke up the next morning and we saw this like little handprint on the balcony window sliding door that kind of led to the balcony where we were. And there was like this little smudge of like this little human handprint. <gasps> and yeah, we were freaked out. And my dad's uh, friend's wife said she thought it was like maybe like a kid lost in the forest or something. But we were like, I don't know, 
I was more creeped out, I think, because I believed in all that weird kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we took, we went back, and uh, my dad's friend, uh, he's from Jamaica, and uh, we told him what happened. And I guess he was, like, he was reading the Bible or some, something in, like, Revelations. And we told him the story. And then all of a sudden he kept saying, like, like something big is going to happen. Something big is going to happen. And we asked, like, well, how will we know? And he just said the world is going to see it. And, like, two days later is when 9-11 happened. Oh, really? And I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, and I don't really know what that experience was or, like, what any of that means. But, yeah, I just thought it was, like, a weird coincidence of it's all that work. happening. What is... Coincidence. We don't use that word here. Good word. Good word. <laughs> we do. No, we use it many times. <laughs> well, I'm and, um, curious mm-hmm. to hear what the skeptics think when they hear these stories. You guys are being really quiet about this. Well, there's. I mean, there's. There's not much to. It's not like. Yeah, it's not like we can predict. He's. He's exactly. had. He's had life experiences. Um, I've had life experiences, and you know, what I experienced as a kid happened to me and no one else i mean if i told you stories you would have to take me at face value and i take marcus at at face value he doesn't you know he's not making it up not and and that's one of the, the 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 tricky things with eventful spirituality you know where you come in contact with spirits or things happen physically because it is kind of a creepy thing and you know obviously he was in contact with malevolent spirits and not benevolent spirits and i I, you know i don't i don't know what i can say as as a skeptic um i believe him as a person um i i i would believe it if it happened to me but i'm not gonna call him a liar and I know you guys talk about this a lot too, but I, I this is what I tell my friends, kind of, and people I know, uh, that yeah, it's more about you'd have to experience something like that. Like for me, I can't really tell anyone, like oh, like believe in this or believe in that. It's more like yeah, once they experience something like that, it kind of like shatters their whole world, and then like you know, there's no choice but to believe in that kind of stuff. So it's more of like people's personal experiences and that's kind of how i always kind of look at it you know it's it's like with a medical condition or something i don't know some people kind of just have things in their head and you're like they experience certain things that other people might not buy into like yeah it doesn't really work that way or that's probably not why you feel that way or you know it's your but it's your own experience you're not asking people to believe in anything other than your own story Mm -hmm. And um, I remember this, uh, I, we moved, uh, I was in grade eight, and we just moved. I was living with my dad and uh, my brother, and I remember this kind of more a ghost kind of thing, I guess you'd call it, but uh, I was, I walked into my bedroom, and I just sat down to, like, look at something, some, like, paper, and everyone else was kind of in their room. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and there was, like, this shadowy figure in at the doorway. And I remember it was, like, it kind of looked like the Grim Reaper. 
mm-hmm. that's the only way I can kind of describe it. It had like a hood, but I couldn't see its face. And it just kind of like looked like it had like a cloak or something. And um, it actually, the thing, I think it came to me because I, I didn't know what to do about these entities because I kept getting like manifestations of things and this and that. And so I decided like the next day I was going to like baptize myself. And I like, I never went to church. Like I never like read the Bible or like really knew, but I did, I just didn't know what to do. So Did like you I just get to mention as a part of your story all of the LSD that you were taking? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing is too, like, um, yeah, like during whenever like anything happened to me, like yeah, I was never I was never like even drinking or anything like that. Like I, I always it. was super super sober and like from everything, and. Um, like when I ever tr- like I wasn't too big into drinking because I'm like allergic to alcohol. But whenever I like drank or anything like that, I would never get anything. I would never get any experience. Like I would never, nothing would ever happen to me. And I think I was like closed off from that kind of world when I was doing that. One more reason not to drink. That's probably one of the reasons why James doesn't allow drinking at the city. Ranch. That's absolutely the best reason to drink. What the hell are you guys talking about? I don't want my <laughs> house like throwing doors around and stuff like that. My goodness, I want to drink right now just listening to the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, remember that. So that like shadowy figure. I didn't really look at it like as a shadow person. I but it probably it might have been. And uh, I remember uh, Michael, you had your experience. Yeah, it sounds very familiar. And <laughs> and uh, it was like uh, like a with the red-haired woman. Well, the red-haired um, woman, but but you described like the shadowy dude that I saw in my bathroom with the hoodie that was like looking away from me. Mhm. And um yeah, and, and with the uh, red-haired thing too, like uh just the audience like in my opinion on that kind of stuff is uh I think there's like this like stigma about associating like red hair with like evil. And uh, to me, like, just looking into it before, like, I think it all kind of stems from this, like, painting of Eve in the Garden of Eden. Like, the earliest paintings you can find, it all goes back to, like, Eve. And so, like, you know, she had red hair in it. And so, like, because Adam or Eve, like, tempted Adam. And so, like, I and I personally know a woman who was, like, kicked out of her, like, hardcore Jehovah Witness family for, like, having red hair. So I think there's, like, this kind of, like, thing that, like, everyone... Yeah, course, so, like, a society always cheeses. Out of her family for, for her genetics. Nice. Yeah, it, they're very hard. They were very hardcore. I mean, genetics I know, that she got from Satan. them. I think you just said women are Satan. <laughs> well... There's a lot to be said about that, but one thing when I think about <laughs> when I hear redhead, you, do you guys ever remember Problem Child? I just remember watching Problem Child over and over again when I was a kid, and on the cover of the Problem Child VHS tape was the redhead kid with the horns on, and like, that's <laughs> the one thing that I keep thinking of when I think of like evilly redheaded people. And then of course, uh, society kind of un- like yeah, the redheads are mis- more mischievous. Force makes yeah. And so, yeah, well, my opinion is, yeah, it all kind of, it's religious kind of viewpoint. I think it all comes from, like, those early paintings. And it's like uh, like the Michelangelo painting of, like, Jesus. They always, like, it was depicted, like, a white person with, like, brown hair and, like, blue eyes. And ever since that painting, like, 
every image of Jesus has like looked the same ever since. But if you like think about him like being like a Hebrew man at that time, he probably had like darker hair and darker right. he had brown skin eyes color. and brown skin and brown hair and and I'm pretty sure people weren't called Mark in the Middle <laughs> East. I don't, I don't know anybody in the Middle East called Mark or John. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. But... Maybe. Well, even Jesus wasn't named Jesus at the time. I don't think. No, the letter J. The letter J didn't even exist at that time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, so okay. This whole experience for you of growing up, when you reached out to me, you were trying to kind of make sense of what your life was about, like why all you had all these experiences and what they meant. And where do you land with all of it right now? Um, well, it's kind of funny because uh, I don't, no, like, I guess, I guess, like, well, what happened was I was kind of like, like, I don't have the answers and I don't really know. And I can't say definitively, like, it's this way or that way. I don't really know, but I just kind of know from experiences kind of like, like I, that I believe in certain things, but I don't really you know, it, just because I believe in something, just because other people kind of like say like, "Oh, this is how it is." I don't, I don't really know because I don't have any answers for that. But um, yeah, so I don't really know where I stand on it at the moment, that kind of stuff. But um, but I remember this like uh, I because I've always kind of felt like I had these evil entities like as a young kid, like kind of around me and. They were like physically coming up to me and they were like in my dreams and like everything. They would just kind of like be around me all the time. And uh, I didn't know like how to stop it. And so I like, I guess, well, like later in life, I was like, I was like just sick and tired of it all, like kind of coming around me. And I never experienced like anything good, like at the time. And, um, so like I never read the Bible before and uh, I didn't know much about it but I remember I was like I was crying for like a week straight like praying for like hours a day and uh, each day I kept like open I had a Bible next to me and so I just kept like opening it randomly and I kept opening on the same page like every day I was like crying and I just kept asking God like please like make me one of his children because I didn't, I thought this might be like the way out because I always see like people in like doing exorcisms and stuff and using the Bible. So I thought like, Oh, maybe this might help. So I just, I kept saying like, God, like just please make me one of your children. And uh, so I kept opening to this chapter, but I couldn't read it for some reason. And then the last day I opened it and uh, I was like, okay, it's obviously telling me to like, look at it. So I read it and it was all about uh, Hannah and um, Hannah kept, she couldn't have a child. So she kept like crying and like praying to God and saying like, God, please give me like a child. And then I guess God granted her uh, a child and it was like Samuel, the prophet. And um, I had my very first uh, vision at that time. And uh, so I was like, I was taken to 
this like huge field and there was like trees on the outside and there was like water kind of on the outskirts and it was just like a really beautiful place and i remember there was uh like eight people kind of standing there they all had white clothing and uh this one woman actually with uh red hair kind of came up to me and she was the only one that came up to me and spoke to me and uh she said that she like really stood out there was kind of like this light around her and uh she told me that i wasn't worthy to be there but uh they wanted me to be and so it was almost like um i guess it was almost like they wanted me to like train they said or she said and so i went back um you know i was back in my room and then you know for 3 years straight i got like really into like reading the bible and stuff like that so like i have like three binders full of like information and uh i don't know it it was uh it was different i felt like it was kind of directing me a certain way and it was the only time i ever got anything good i was getting like visions i was getting dreams i was like getting everything and it like really kind of helped me at that time so you're not doing that now i uh, know like bible and getting visions no so like i guess well what happened was like what what i was learning was um i was learning about emptying myself it was all about like replacing my own thoughts emotion and will and uh replacing it with like god's spirit and i don't know i found it like very beneficial at the time and it was all about like having a personal relationship with god and that's kind of how i looked at it and like studying the occult before i knew that like high level witches they have to like infest themselves with the demonic spirits and that's kind of like where their power comes from so um like that's why they sexually abuse like their children at like a very young age to like infest them with like demons and stuff so like <laughs> so i thought like the reverse was true too if i'm just like emptying myself and like replacing it with something that's good like the spirit of what's good then i don't know i started getting like a lot of uh good experiences from that at the time so these like the the negative experiences that you were having that decreased um actually what happened was it kind of increased at the time and i noticed the more i got into this kind of stuff the more the dark would try to come at me i would have good experiences but i would have like a lot of bad experiences at the same time yeah that happens mhm and um yeah it was funny cuz i was like when i was really getting into this stuff uh i heard your guest uh Corin Wilson talk about uh genesis and the book of enoch and uh i remember i got really into that at that time and um like it says like in the new testament as in the days of noah like so shall be in the coming of the days of the son of man and if you like look back at like what was going on in genesis and with the book of enoch it was all about like dna manipulation and like mingling the seed of the serpent with the seed of man and like you know all the animals dna were being corrupted like the reptiles the fish the bird birds and like um if you look back at like yeah since the ninth generation of man and like why the that's why like the flood had to come and so like if you look at what's going on now like with the aliens that's like the main focus is like corrupting our dna so i don't know i found it like very interesting 
Do you think our DNA is being corrupted now, or that's what originally happened, the aliens corrupting our DNA? Um, yeah, I think, well, now, yeah, it's happening. I don't know, like, I don't really, see, this is where I don't know, like, I don't really have the answers, because when I hear people talk now about it, like, in the alien community, there's, like, some good ones and there's some bad ones, and there's some, like, good ones kind of, like, mixing up our DNA to trying to do something like good for us and there's like bad ones trying to do it too so and that's where I don't have the answers either for that this is like this is like the hard part like for me to like talk about this but um I guess I gotta kind of explain like the person I am like I'm filled with like a lot of like love inside me and like when people are around me they like they can see it and feel it, and it just kind of like pours out. And uh, I was actually a I was a funeral director right out of high school, and like all. Did you the say clients, a funeral director? Yeah, I didn't well, know I'd have this you connection had so with many spirits around you. <laughs> yeah, that was after I, all that. Yeah, I didn't know I was gonna have this like connection with like the dead, the dead after. <laughs> and uh, even when I was there, like I never kind of experienced anything like being around all that, but. Um, but I had like a lot of clients like hugging me and crying and calling me their son. Cause like I, I poured out so much like love and understanding and, um, I went way out of my way to like help others. And, um, so it was like a good experience for that. But like, that's the kind of like person I am. I just always kind of had like a lot of love in me. And, um, so, but the problem was like, I never had any love for myself. Like, ever since I was, like, a kid, I kind of, like, I suffered from, like, a lot of, like, depression and anxiety, and I had, like, so much self-hatred, and um, I think throughout my life, like, all these dark forces, they, like, really used that against me, and um, I'd always, like, kind of hear my own voice, like, telling me, like, I'm not good enough for anyone or anything, and, like, and the problem was, like, I could love everyone and everything, but I just, I couldn't love myself. Even during, like, my school years, it took me a lot to be able to, like, try to ask, like, a girl out or anything. And there wasn't many that I asked, but, like, the rejection, like, devastated me. And, um, like, I already had a lot of self-hatred, but, like, it just kind of, like, confirmed a lot of the beliefs I had about myself. And I basically thought I was, like, the ugliest piece of shit on the planet. I thought, like, I understood why no one could ever love me. So I started, like, always kind of, like, cutting myself during my high school years and just kind of like up and down like my forearms and it was kind of like a cry for help because I wasn't like slashing my wrists or anything but I just didn't know what to do and I just I really really struggled with like a lot of the self-hatred and uh and even to this day like it's it's kind of stuck with me a little bit and I haven't even I haven't asked anyone out since and it's like there's a lot of pain there that I wouldn't want to like put on myself or anyone until I like I'm learned to love myself first and have like a little bit of confidence. But I've been working on it a lot like with the counseling over the last three years and it's finally getting like a bit better. But um, but this like Me Too movement has made it like extremely hard I think for someone like me. <laughs> and um, why do you so, think why do you think that? Oh my goodness, he's right though. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, no, I'm already kind of, like, timid and shy. And so, like, you know, even, like, I feel nowadays, like, if you even try asking somebody out, it's, like, a form of, like, harassment. So, 
the reason why I'm still single, Marcus, you and me both. I have <laughs> no idea that would affect the dating world. Are you joking? Just- like no, as a, not. as a guy now, you can't like do anything without being like se- told you're like sexually harassing a woman. Wow, it's out of control. See, I don't watch the news. I guess I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm hoping it is. I eventually always find out. Like now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Marcus, thank you so much for sharing that with us because I know that's very difficult to share and uh, it's uh, it's a very painful part of your life. You mentioned that you would hear these thoughts in your head uh, that you know were of self hatred, and I know that you experienced a time where you felt like the voices were telling you to kill yourself, and you went to a lake. Yeah, so um, this was like a few years ago, actually. It wasn't too long ago, but um, yeah, so I get these thoughts kind of like telling me to like kill myself almost on a daily basis. basis. And like I started like looking up online like ways to commit suicide and um, every way just kind of seemed like really messy to me. So I just like (laughs) went, (laughs) so one day like I just kind of like, I was really struggling and I just, I didn't want to exist anymore. And I just like, it's almost like an out of body kind of experience where it was like, I had no control of myself and um, I hated like being alive and I didn't think I like deserved to be happy. So like one day I was like, I was walking in the rain outside from my house and I was walking down these back roads for like hours. And yeah, so I came up to like this dock and um I was just going to throw myself in. Like, nobody was around. I thought it was, like, a perfect place. I'm like, I'm just going to throw myself in and uh, face first and start inhaling water until I suffocate. And so, like, I just, I looked up and I said, God, if you're out there, please show me something because I don't know how to stop this. And uh, right after, this, like, warm feeling came from, like, my chest and it started like shooting down my arms and my legs. And uh, it was just like a really warm feeling, especially like walking in rain for hours. I was like soaked. And uh, all of a sudden I felt this, like these arms like reach around from behind me and like hold me. And there was no one there. And it was just like, it felt like, like I like love. And I've never kind of felt that before. It was like kind of like eternal love. And uh I just kind of felt at that time, like I knew I wasn't like meant to uh, jump in. And I remember I looked up and these tiny, like such tiny, like little lights, like hundreds of little lights, like came from the sky and started kind of like dancing around my face. And um, I, I just felt like good. That was the first time I actually kind of felt like loved. So like I went, I, um, I went to my grandma's house after and uh, it was still raining. I remember I didn't say anything, and I walked through the door. And my aunt said that this uh, there was like this light shining from like the sunroom, uh, sun sky uh, window. And um, all of a sudden, she said this like transparent woman was like standing over my head. And I didn't even like tell her anything. But I think it was like that same woman that I saw like in that first vision, kind of like watching over me. I don't know if it's like a guardian angel or like what it is, but yeah, so I just, like, 
it was a really hard time but yeah somehow like something happened and it stopped me from doing it i mean that kind of a story just speaks to the power of well a lot of things first love and that there is something far greater and divine that is that has our back and to i mean that experience is something that i feel like could come out of a movie um it's just so beautiful in a moment where there's just no hope left and i you know when you told me that i instantly felt that the voices that you were hearing weren't your voices like it wasn't your mind that you had um because you had so much experience with these negative spirits and energies that they were manipulating your mind to make you think that it was your voice but convincing you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do to yourself like the cutting um and you wanting to just the way you thought about killing yourself and uh looking up online ways to kill yourself and then thinking that you can just jump in a lake and suffocate yourself by breathing in water like these are to me you know suicide is such an interesting uh, state of mind that really makes me wonder and and i have to say i'm really starting to lean much more towards this but i really feel like there are negative entities that are getting into people's minds they're implanting into their temporal region and controlling their thoughts to make them think it's theirs to take these people out who potentially are bright lights for this world and can add so much positivity. I mean, I can feel the love and compassion coming out of you. And when you were working as a funeral director at the funeral home, you affected so many families in such a positive way in such a, 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 a horrible time in their lives that I think these spirits can sense that when you come into your power, that you are going to be a force that they won't be able to handle. And so they're trying desperately to keep you at such a level of hopelessness because I really do believe, Marcus, that as soon as you even just rise a, a little bit more, you're going to be a force of love that is going to benefit this world so greatly. And this is the work of this negative energy trying to stop this trying to manipulate us from doing more good in this world. And so um, I just thank you so much for sharing that because I find it very uh, inspiring and very like, a story filled with hope that, you know, if anyone out there who's listening to this knows people who might be experiencing suicidal thoughts, that it may not be them. It more than likely isn't them. You know, that's not... I really like that theory. I... I think that would be so helpful. I mean, I've had those thoughts many, many times throughout my life. And I mean, thinking about it that way, it just, it empowers you to say, you know what, you can't fuck with me. You know, these aren't even my own thoughts. I don't even know why I'm thinking them, you know, and it's just feeling like you're fighting for yourself, I think is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I actually, I believe that 100% too that it was like these like evil entities like trying to get to me and you know in the end they try to say like you know oh, like it's like depression and stuff it's like a chemical imbalance and this and that and take these meds but 
that's what I think was like the underline of like what was going on was like just like this evil just trying to like come against me. Yeah, I I I completely believe it. Um, especially just given everything that you had to deal with as a child, you know, growing up. It's it's to me, it's the most logical <laughs> explanation. No, it really is. Um, yeah, it makes sense totally. But okay, Michael has to jump off in about ten minutes, so I just wanted to steer the conversation. Um, Marcus, I know, like, just to talk more about about love. You mentioned to uh, me that you had some questions for Michael about love, and I'm really curious <laughs> to know what those are. Yeah, um, well, I guess because, yeah, Valentine's Day was, like, around the corner. And, like, I, I, Michael, I heard you talk about, um, in this one podcast, you were saying, like, like, I love hearing your points of view on the subject. And, like, when you said, like, you don't understand, like, how people can, like, jump from, like, partner to partner without, like, looking at themselves and, like, not processing the last relationship. Like, I totally agree with that. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, no, I was just wondering, like, what what is your viewpoint, your current viewpoint on love now? Like, not the twin flame thing and not anything like with, that. But okay, just so, okay, general. I think I know where you're going. Um, and I, I, I think I do, I believe in the love like you have, like when you say you work, when you're working in the funeral uh, home, I, I feel that same love for mankind or in Canada, people kind. Uh, so <laughs> you didn't just do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so I really do enjoy that. And I, I try to entertain that love that I have for people on a daily basis. When it comes to romantic love though, uh, it's still not looking too pretty in, in my viewpoint. I just, uh, I just don't feel, I feel like it can happen. I, I feel like it can happen. I feel like there are couples that make it work, but it's not just my past track record that I'm basing my opinion on. It's just what I'm surrounded with, with like the acquaintances that I do have in my life. Uh, beyond just personal friends, like going even into, into my work colleagues and partners and, and accounts and just hearing the dismay of so many people so many relationships and how they really do go from one relationship to the next like a goddamn pogo stick it's just it's just so much to turn me off on the whole idea of love uh romantic love in that regard of course what happened to me it was a really huge uh detriment to <clears throat> what i truly believe still um i'll probably try to give it one more chance but i i wake up every day praying to god to have the ability to potentially fall in love again because I don't feel it. I feel like it's, 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 a, it's something that died with inside of me. Uh, and I, I really base that off of my, uh, I really threw all of my chips into this idea of marriage because I grew up thinking marriage is permanent. And so when I did get married, I put it all out on the table saying, this is, this is, life this is the next step to life and and maybe this was my unfortunate upbringing when it comes to this regard because i had great role models when it comes to marriage when i was growing up I hardly knew anybody that was ever divorced uh and it was like nobody got divorced around me so when i had to actually go through that it devastated not just my idea of love it devastated my whole belief system period mm -hmm. like 
I went to like from believing in God to an atheistic point of view for a time in my life. Uh, like I, it just killed everything. And like I had to dig so hard in the last few years just to get a little bit of spirituality back inside of me to believe in something beyond that, beyond just that we're just, you know, meat suits walking around, if you will. Uh, and so I'm hoping, I'm still hoping and have a lot of hope that I will get to the point where I can believe in love, but I am not even close to there yet. Love in a romantic way. So you have like a little bit of hope for the future? I do have hope. I, ha- I have to have hope. <laughs> I, ha- I do have to have hope because I, wa- I, I, I remember the way I felt when I was in love, and I remember it feeling wonderful. But I don't think it was worth the pain that I had to go through afterwards. When people say it's better to love than never love at all, whatever, that I just want to punch anybody that says that to me <laughs> or or the TV. Because I don't believe that. I, I feel like it. I, I will never be the person I was before I met this person. And I really wish I was that person again. And so I really do hope that I can get back to not maybe that person, because I think that person unfortunately died with that idea. But if I can fall back into this love like I, I felt at one time in my life, perhaps I can really feel more complete again. So I do have hope like that. That's good. Well, you also Love is alive and well over in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you guys are in your honeymoon phase, so we'll talk in about six or seven years, okay? <laughs> six or seven years? The honeymoon's gonna last that long? That's cool. Well, that's the seven year itch, you know? That's where a lot of relationships are truly tested. So Can't okay, but you have some itch. Michael, you have some new theories though on why everything fell apart in your marriage yeah i mean if we really believe in negative entities latching on and, and effing up our world I sounds like you're the negative enter- entity are we done brian <laughs> yeah move on? i said to throw that in so anyway i do believe uh if we do believe in negative entities screwing up our world i definitely believe my relationship was attacked by several and just because when I go through all the things, you know how we just rewind and play our lives over and over and over again in our head, especially when it's a, it's a situation that we just really don't care to repeat. Um, there was just so many things that were out of both of our controls, mine and my significant other, that attacked our relationship, that made it so difficult for us to, to be a complete couple. And it's, it felt supernatural, like almost like something beyond uh, the norm of, of what normal couples go through and stick it through. And so I just feel like, I mean, I, I mean I'm not going to use it like, oh, I was perfect and she was perfect. It, was, it had to do with these you know, negative demons running around. No, I don't believe that. But I definitely believe... Uh, we were probably nudged in very bad directions by uh, by perhaps negative spirits. Yeah, and it when was I kind of like doomed. Yeah, and so why? I... How come you can have that view right now and still have the view that you just expressed? If you feel like it was an outside influence, how can you? How can you have? Who's that to say thing? that it's not going to happen to me again? And who's to say that it's not happening to a bunch of people that I know? I feel like this world, the world that we live in currently 
invites so much of this negative entities into their lives. I feel like social media and the social construct of how men treat women and women treat men nowadays invites so much negative shit into their into their uh, relationships that I I just frankly it's like when I played basketball I played basketball all the time when I was a kid until I get I got a third degree sprain and once I got that third degree sprain I never looked at the basketball court again I just didn't want to go through that pain again and that's kind of the way I felt feel when it comes to this. There's like a big kind of like block there that you yeah. kind of like can't see past. Yeah, I mean, I, I still enjoy picking up the basketball and playing, but I can never play as aggressive as I as I used to. What's that saying? Fall off the horse? Just got to get right back on? Yeah, I'm tired of your cliches. I don't like, not yours, Lisa, but I'm tired of world's cliches and that shit. So it's like, it's just, <laughs> ugh, makes me want to, ugh. Well, well, I, yeah. well, thank I, you for opening up about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, anyway, I'm, I'm, Valentine's I'm, Day, guys. I'm not... <laughs> uh, so, did that answer your question, Marcus? Yes, I think. <laughs> I think so. But at least, as long as you have hope, then that's good. Yeah, I suppose. Anything's possible when there's hope. <laughs> and just to know, I mean, Michael, you know. You have control over your life, though. Things aren't happening to you. So whether, you know, Nicole and I learned a lot about this recently, you know, acknowledging that there are negative entities, okay, they're fucking with us, but you know what? I'm more powerful than you. And it's about looking them in the face, so to speak. Yeah, use the word I, but there was a word we when when I was dealing with this, and when the we is not together, that was the problem. I was felt like I was strong enough to get through that, but we were not. And you do have to rely on another person being as strong as you are. And, and you know, I'm not judging you at all. For, I am. <laughs> well, you're you, of course. <laughs> um, I'm not judging you at all. I'm just saying, you know, starting right now in the present moment, knowing that you have that power, you know, and whether you get into another relationship with someone or, you know, you're going to see things differently than you saw them the first time around, but don't discount yourself how powerful you are and the ability that you have to control your own life and that things aren't going to just happen to you. I mean, that's just really coming from a place of fear. So I think it's important that you think about you know, getting up on top of that hill and looking at it. Yeah, I guess what I'm really trying to say is I don't have that initial uh, gushy fall in love kind of moments with any anybody. Even if I have a great conversation with an attractive woman, I don't feel like, oh, my gosh, I really can't wait to go out with her. I don't have that fire anymore inside of me, which is sad. It just it's, means you haven't met her. It, or no. it just means you're not ready yet and that you're still taking your time. And There's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I, I stopped working back in June, and I don't have that fiery feeling inside that I want to go do anything. I mean, but it doesn't mean it's going to come, come back. You know, you're still probably just healing, but I think it's important that you know you have power over your own life and things aren't just going to happen to you. You're not a victim. I okay. You can find love. You can find love. <laughs> not really looking, but okay. When and, and that's when it when you're gonna find it. You're not supposed to look for. <laughs> oh, it's just filled with cliches. Oh God, I know. I kind of want to throw up, guys. 
I'm, I'm, I, I am, I am completely serious. I tried for a long time a- after my divorce. I, it, it took a while before I realized, okay, now I'm ready to find someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I tried and I tried really hard, probably too hard. I think a lot of my friends, if you would have asked them, I was working too hard at trying to force love into my life. And I, I, I know, I know this doesn't sound believable, but I, I was, I, even when I was back here in America and I was, you know, doing match.com and whatever, I, I said, okay, this is it. This is the last one. I'm done trying. And I went on that last date and I dropped that person off at home. It was a lunchtime date. I dropped that person off at her house and I met Lisa an hour later. <laughs> you had to decide you were done before that could happen, I guess. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that's why it happened. I'm just saying it, I get, I, I said, okay, I'm done trying. I'm done trying to, to it's like force when it. you stop trying to get pregnant, you get pregnant, get pregnant. but you have to first want to have it happen. So you're just not there yet, Michael. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, okay. Yeah, Any cliches think, we can throw out? Well, I'll think of some. Uh, I'll be really honest. Uh, I think you guys are both missing the boat with Michael on this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the reason why Michael Michael's love was built outside of him um, with this relationship, and a lot of it was dependent on the other person loving him and i think like you know like that that's a very typical construct that we're taught is um you know like that fairy tale thing and i believe michael that this whole thing of like you being completely shattered and broken down to almost nothing in your beliefs where you went you know you became an atheist and you just you questioned everything is so that you could rebuild your version of love to actually be um, something that no one can take away from you again. And I that think that makes sense to me. Yes. Like I think that's the biggest thing here for you is that you now have the opportunity to build it, which I know you're starting to do, and you you are building it. But you know, like building great things takes time and focus and um, effort and and all of that. And so I I do believe that you know when you've rebuilt that foundation for you in in a way that no one can ever destroy it like it's just indestructible you you have it's so strong within you that no one can ever take it away that that's when you're going to meet the person who mirrors that for you i agree though i mean i agree with especially the basis of like everything was destroyed but you know once everything's destroyed you can only build from there and that's kind of what I've been doing. I mean, like I told you, I had to like piece back my spirituality. I didn't jump back into the same spiritual train that I believed in before. This is a completely new uh, spirituality. And I would imagine, and the reason why I do have hope, Marcus, is just like what Nicole said, I probably have to rebuild my idea of what love really is. Sure, sure. So, All right, guys, I got to go, though. Yeah. So, Great okay. podcast. Marcus, very nice uh, hearing from you. You guys can continue to talk. I don't want to like push everybody off, but I got to go. Okay. So. All right. Have a good night. Love you.
Bye. Bye. Yeah, it's funny for me because um, I kind of I had a lot of like self doubts about myself because um, I guess like the doctors my whole life said I was like born with too much estrogen, and um, so it was like kind of difficult for me, and I'm kind of like a little bit like timid and stuff like that, but like guys with like a lot of testosterone like they think I'm like gay and I'm not and uh and the group of people that I kind of fit in with most are lesbians actually and like it's funny because like they don't like hanging around gay people gay men and they don't like hanging around straight men but like they liked hanging around me and I used, <laughs> I used to I used to say like it's because of like my high estrogen level but now I just say they like me for being me and um, right on there you and go. my friend yeah I just kind of started, I never used to say that, but now I kind of like, I say that, but uh, my friends and family kind of like laugh at me and they say I have a spiritual vagina. <laughs> and, oh my God, I've never heard that before. <laughs> and I kind of feel like maybe I do, like, I don't know what that means, but I kind of I'm feel I'm not like, sure I know what it true. means. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, but my personality like really shines through when I get like, when I'm really happy and excited, I become like very kid-like. And sometimes a notch. Otherwise, I'm like I'm very calm and easygoing. But um, and also like, yeah. So like I don't know. I my personality is kind of like all over the place in that way. I think but, your um, your vagina. spiritual vagina is that you are very tuned into the divine feminine aspect of yourself. So I mean, we all we carry both masculine and feminine. And so I think mm -hmm. you probably exhibit a very pure form of the divine feminine and your work now is to balance your masculine. Yeah, I think, I think that's it too. And, um, yeah, I was going to say too, like, I guess, you know, ever since when I try to kill myself, that's when, after that experience, that's when all my like experiences kind of stopped actually oh interesting it was almost like all taken away from me and um so it was really weird because like i used to dream also like every single night and all my dreams like stopped at that point too like everything like so i wasn't really being directed anywhere or anything so that's kind of you know for like for three years and i might have only had like two dreams that i remember but um and then, like, a few months ago is when, uh, like, your past guest, Alexis Buck, like, she asked me to do an interview before she started her channel. And I was, like, way too scared. And then she, like, she asked me again kind of more recently. And then that night I had my uh, my first dream in, like, forever. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, and I remember, so it was, like, that night she asked me the second time, uh, like, there was a giant chessboard. And uh, Alexis was there, I was there, and, like, all these others were there on, like, one side of the chessboard. And, like, we were the chess pieces. And there was some guy in a white suit on the opposite side. And, like, in order for us to, like, move on the chessboard, like, we each had to say something. And then I woke up and thought maybe I should speak publicly about my experiences. And then ever since that day I had that dream, I've been dreaming every day since. Like, full detail. I remember, like, everything. Wow. That's great. Like, ever since that dream. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like she kind of, like, she knocked me somehow, like, back on my spiritual path. And, uh, yeah, that's when I reached out to Nicole. And uh, it's funny because um, 
I remember I even had a dream of us doing a podcast in the living room, all of us. And I was like, and I was so scared. Like even now, like it's kind of scary for me to like talk publicly still, but it's, uh, I was so scared that I couldn't even like get past the introduction part. And I was just like stumbling and stumbling. And then also I had a dream um, actually of Nicole and she was like sitting on a couch and she was reading out loud. And I remember I came up to her and I asked like a really kind of stupid question. And I asked like, how many books have you read? <laughs> <laughs> and so like every, I don't know, I've been dreaming so much about people like you guys. I've been dreaming about like a lot of people in the community, like every single night there's something. And I remember like every single detail of it. And like, I haven't had visions or anything and that's kind of a different thing, but I can kind of handle dreams right now. And it's kind of fun to kind of see where it will take me. I feel like you were like the whole vision, all of your experience stopped because I think you needed the protection out from the negative influence that was, uh, that was had a hold or a grip on you at that time. And mm-hmm. it, you needed that time to just heal, to get back on your feet, to kind of like regain homeostasis within your whole energetic body, like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so they, it was almost like you were given a vacation from all of the experiences just so that you could be here in the now. And as soon as you decided to that you were ready to speak your truth, that's when they're like, all right, he's ready now. He's strong enough to start experiencing again. Like, I feel like that was part of your protection from your guard, like your, your guardian angels or your guides, um, just kind of having your back and you're also your higher self, just kind of knowing what was best for you at this time. Yeah. I, well, I didn't even look at it like that, but I think you're right. Cause I was just shocked. Like everything, like I didn't even really see like UFOs. I didn't see like anything at that point. And yeah, I think I, I must've been being like protected from all that stuff. And yeah, actually it's been like a really kind of rocky road and stuff. And like, I've been going to like counseling like once a week, like every time. And so I'm like kind of getting better. Like I, I feel like a little bit better about myself and stuff. And, uh, but also like all the stuff that I've experienced and stuff, I was just like kind of holding it all in and not really able to speak about it. So, um, but then, yeah. And then finding kind of like-minded people, it was kind of like nice and it felt kind of like freeing to be able to kind of like open up about it. It's a lot to be yourself. Like you must have disconnected with that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And And uh, having a support system is so important, you know, in any community, in any community. But it's so important for us when we're trying to really move into authenticity and really show up in the world in the way that we truly know who we are and not hide behind the old constructs that society wants us to live like or be like or family expectations, friends' expectations, all that kind of stuff. So it's so important to have a support system. And I'm just so excited for you and happy that you had some courage to kind of reach out to some of us and share your experiences with us. And then, of course, share your experience with our whole audience. Like, Thank you so much for having the courage to do that because I know it's not easy for you and you've been through a lot, um, clearly. Uh, so thank yeah. you so much for doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. And like I kind of I feel like we're all in this together. 
like all the people that don't believe all the people that believe like we're all in this like world for like a reason we all just like i don't know we're put here on for something are you so you're just kind of discovering what your something is yeah because like you know i was led kind of one way i was kind of led more new age kind of direction and then i was kind of led you know the other way like a non-religious almost like christian aspect of it and so now i'm just kind of I'm just trying to figure things out, but yeah, things are definitely like opening up and I definitely, I feel like a bit better about myself now. And, um, so I'm getting there. And so, yeah, no, it's just, it's the journey has been actually really good. And I kind of, I wouldn't take anything back, even like all the bad that's happened to me. It kind of like helped make me who I am. So I'm kind of glad I went through all that. Well, you have so much love to give. I I can feel it. And uh, I know Lisa can probably feel it because she's so tuned into that. Uh, (laughs) You know, like you're just uh, you're you you really are a bright light. And I'm so excited for your journey right now because it's just kind of really starting to kick off. And this is the exciting part. This is the part where you're really doing a lot of self-discovery that is going to really start shaping things for you. And you because you're choosing to speak your truth and you're standing up for yourself this is when the opportunities really start to present themselves you're going to have more people show up in your world that are going to support you it's just such an exciting time for you so i'm really excited for you i think it's i just shout out to you it's a really brave of you to start you know facing your fears and doing these videos and these podcasts i mean a lot of people aren't strong enough to do that so you should be you should be feeling good and i have to say too like um like my friends and family all saw like the webinar i did before kind of explaining my experiences like my family are like involved so they like really liked it and surprisingly my friends really liked it too and uh it's kind of hard for me to speak publicly like i still can't even watch the video of myself but like but I know, like, uh, even for this, like, even during just speaking about it, kind of, there's, like, a lot of times, like, I felt, it almost felt like lightning kind of, like, hitting my chest, like, just, like, petrified to, like, speak. But now I kind of, that I kind of, you know, finished it, I feel a lot more kind of comfortable. I and, um I have something for you that you can do, uh, but I'm not going to say it over the um, air. <laughs> so you and I are going to talk afterwards. I have something for you that's going to really help you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, um, Brian, any last closing thoughts? Oh, gosh. Uh, No, I just, I think it was, what an interesting life you've lived. It's just amazing. You know, I I think there's people, even people like me, you know, science-based person. And this is why, you know, I, I don't want you to, to discount your friends and, and, and not think, and, you know, don't think they're going to judge you. I think you'd be surprised because there are people like me. I would love to have some of those experiences. I, I used to try to have some of those experiences. And it's, it's so interesting that when you try to have an experience, you don't have it. And I think it's not so far from, from, you know, what we were talking about love when you try so hard, you don't find it. Um, but just when you're in the right mindset, these things happen. And I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And, and I hope you can, I hope you can get back to a place where you have these experiences again, maybe not the creepy 
poltergeist your where your walls were bleeding but um you know some of the other some of the other experiences were really were really uh powerful and, and i can see how they you know help, help make who you are so thanks for being on and uh, uh also, also like, like i kind of see, see from, from your, your point, point in all the podcasts um you kind of are, are believing like a little bit more and more <laughs> oh it's, it's you know it's not that my belief changes more and more i lisa and i were talking about this the other day or she told me this the other day i'm a very open-minded person i just i i need proof i need to see it for my own eyes now i don't put a lot into you know like our state's sayings but i'm from missouri and our saying is the show me state and, you know, I was kind of raised in, in a culture where you have to be shown, you have to see it, you know, seeing is believing. And, you know, I know that Definitely. for, for a lot of people, including my wife and Nicole, believing is seeing, I'm not there. I'm not at believing is seeing, um, but I'm very open-minded. That's good. It's fun having someone who doesn't think the way you do around you all the time. Well, I guess you guys keep each other on your toes. Yeah, Yeah. well, he's open-minded and not judgmental, so it doesn't, you know, affect. But it's it's great to have, like, this podcast and to be able to share different points of view. It's um, with respect and, you know, dignity and all that. It's it's good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. So thanks so much, Marcus, for being on. We really appreciate it. And uh, we are really excited for your journey. So keep us posted on any new opportunities or experiences, anything like that. Um, And to all of our listeners, if you are interested in coming on the show, we'd love to have a couple listeners come in and bring us their point of view, share with us your stories or your questions that you would like to challenge us on. We're very excited to always have uh, new ideas or opinions or anything like that. So if you're interested to be on our show, please email us in at info at enlightenup.us and just let us know what you uh, would like to ask us and why you'd like to be on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll get a few of our listeners to join the conversation. So thanks again, Marcus, for being on. And to everyone else, have a great week. We'll be back with you next week. And thanks again, Lisa and Brian. I love you both. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.